Welcome to Zion on this beautiful Sunday morning and a beautiful day to celebrate the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. Before we begin our worship this morning, a few things to share with you. First, just want to say thank you to everyone who helped make our Holy Week worship possible and our Easter celebration possible this morning. So, Altar Guild volunteers, worship committee, learning committee, church council, Amanda for playing, Jim sound and streaming, and Abby who's helped, and just the many hands that have made this possible. Just thank you for your service and, and what you put into this community. It is much, much appreciated. Uh, a little housekeeping. If you have anything for the newsletter, for the May newsletter, please let Rose know so we can get that in this week as she works on it. Prayer request. A couple prayer requests this morning. First, keep Rose Tice in your prayers, who's back in Lima Memorial. So pray for her and pray for Gary and, and their family as they support her in this time. And we also want to keep Denny Bodicher in our prayers, who's recovering from some surgery, I believe at home now, uh, and should have several months of, of recovery for this surgery. So keep him in your prayers uh, that he might, might be healed and might be returned back to strength. Before we begin, are there other announcements to share, or other prayer requests for the congregation? I'm going to invite you to prepare your heart for worship as we listen to our prelude this morning. Thank you. 
Now, congregation, I invite you to stand. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he who is faithful and just will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us confess our sin in the presence of God and of one another. Most merciful God, we confess that we are captives. In the mercy of Almighty God, Jesus Christ was given to die for you. And for his sake, God forgives you all your sins. To those who believe in Jesus Christ, he gives the power to become the children of God and bestows on them the Holy Spirit. Amen.
the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And also with you. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the Church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. Lord for this holy house and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Lord Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. suffer death on the cross for our redemption, and by his glorious resurrection, you delivered us from the power of death. Make us die every day to sin, that we may live with him forever in the joy of the resurrection, through your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. A reading from Acts. Then Peter began to speak to them 
I truly understand that God shows no partiality, but in every nation, anyone who fears him and does what is right is acceptable to him. You know the message he sent to the people of Israel, preaching peace by Jesus Christ. He is Lord of all. That message spread throughout Judea, beginning in Galilee after the baptism that John announced, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, how he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. We are witnesses to all that he did both in Judea and Jerusalem. They put him to death by hanging him on a tree, but God raised him on the third day and allowed him to appear not to all the people, but to us who were chosen by God as witnesses, and who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. He commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one ordained by God as judge of the living and the dead. All the prophets testify about him that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. The word of the Lord. We will intone Psalm 18, I'm sorry, 118. reading from 1 Corinthians. If for this life only we have hoped in Christ, we are of all people most to be pitied. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have died. For since death came through a human being, the resurrection of the dead has also come through a human being. For as all die in Adam, so all will be made alive in Christ. But each in his his own order, Christ the firstfruits, 
then at his coming, those who belong to Christ. Then comes the end, when he hands over the kingdom to God the Father, after he has destroyed every ruler and every authority and power. For he must reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet. The last enemy to be destroyed is death. The word of the Lord. first day of the week, at early dawn, the women came to the tomb, taking the spices that they had prepared. They found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they went in, they did not find the body. While they were perplexed about this, suddenly two men in dazzling clothes stood beside them. The women were terrified and bowed their faces to the ground, but the men said to them, Why do you look for the living among the dead? He is not here, but has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be handed over to sinners and be crucified and on the third day rise again. Then they remembered his words. In returning from the tomb, they told all this to the eleven and to all the rest. Now it was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the other women with them who told this to the apostles. But these words seemed to them an idle tale, and they did not believe them. But Peter got up and ran to the tomb, stooping and looking in. He saw the linen cloths by themselves. Then he went home, amazed at what had happened. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise you, I invite you to be seated. Children, I invite you to come forward. All right, so if you remember... At the beginning of Lent, we buried our Alleluia's. You remember that? And we rolled up this banner, and then we stuck it in this box, and then we hid the box. Yeah? Okay. Well, the banner's kind of come apart there. It's kind of rough being buried there. Yeah. Do you remember what does Alleluia mean? Praise the Lord, right? Uh... We're going to hang this up right behind here, and then we're going to talk about, talk about the banner. All right, Silas, can I sneak past you? Okay, so I'm going to put it up here so everybody can see the banner I'm talking about. All right, I'll come this way. And then on that same day, you all made hallelujahs, you'll remember. And we buried them together. Uh, gosh, if you see my banner, it's crooked. Um, <laughs> well, a couple of things come to mind when I see that banner. Do you know what banners were originally used for? you have any idea? Banners were used in armies. right? They went before the army. Uh, and, you know, it might have like a family emblem or a national emblem, or some kind of sign of the family. But the banner would go before, right? And the banner in front of you was supposed to motivate you to fight harder, 
right? You're fighting for your family, you're fighting for your country. This banner is supposed to give you inspiration, right? And so what does it mean that we're hanging up a banner that says, Hallelujah, right? What does that say about us? What does that say about some kind of battle or some kind of army that we're in? And so the word Alleluia, Silas told us, means praise the Lord. That's right. It's from the Hebrew language. So the Old Testament was written in praise the Lord. But I had another thought of what Alleluia is. Um, if you were, let's say you're playing a game with your family, a board game or friends, or you're playing uh, a game in sports, and you win the game, what do you say? Do you all just sit there like this and you don't say anything? Y'all just quietly say, good game, everybody. <laughs> What's something you say when you win? Do we say yes? All right. Let's go. Yeah. Hooray. You pump your fist. Right. You do this kind of thing. Right. You give each other high fives if you're on a team. You celebrate because you're winning, right? And when you win, you can't really help it. Right. What you say, it comes out from your heart. And you just say, yes, let's go. We did it. Right? Well, that's the kind of word Alleluia is. And that's the kind of word especially it is on Easter. It's victory. Right? It's what we shout when we have won. When it's over, when the game's over, when the battle's done and we've won. Alleluia is what we say. Right? But it's not us who's won a victory. It's Jesus who's won the victory for us. Right? Everything in this world that's trying to work against God, that tries to take us away from God, Jesus Christ has defeated it. Right? And so that's our banner. And when we follow the banner that says, Alleluia, it's supposed to remind us of that. That Jesus Christ has won the victory for us. He's fought the battle for us. He's defeated everything bad in this world. Christ has defeated it. And so we say, Alleluia. Right? And we let our Alleluias go out of our box. And today, we shout Alleluia. All right. Can you shout Alleluia with me on the count of three? All right. I know Grant can do it. So you guys got to keep up with him. We're going to shout Alleluia. All right. One, two, three. Alleluia. Oh my gosh. That was awful, guys. <laughs> This is victory, right? We won. Christ has won the battle for us. We shout it. Hallelujah. Let's try again. One, two, three. Hallelujah. Thank you. Much better. Thank you all. Here, let me find your uh, hallelujahs. Sid. Clementine. Alice. Adeline, Magda, Silas, and Grant. There's one for you. Thanks. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, this morning is the first morning of a new age, a new season, the age of God's victory. God's victory over everything that separates us from him, whether that's evil, whether that's sin, whether that's death, 
whether that's our very own flesh, God has victory over it, and he is the Lord of all. And so this morning is the first day of a season in our church here. Today is the first day of the celebration of the resurrection of our Lord, but it's hardly the only day. In fact, Easter in the church calendar is a 50-day celebration. We celebrate for seven weeks. And so in our Sunday services, during these worship services of Easter, we hear from the book of Acts as our first reading instead of an Old Testament reading. And so it's here in the book of Acts where I would like to direct our focus this morning. And so our first reading from Acts chapter 10 is actually a sermon preached by St. Peter to a man named Cornelius, and to Cornelius' household, his family, and his servants. Cornelius, Acts tells us, was not Jewish. He was not from Jerusalem. And so what's recorded here in Acts 10 is how Peter preaches the gospel, including the good news of the resurrection, to a man who knew nothing about Jesus Christ. Right? This is all completely new news to Cornelius. And so Peter begins his sermon proclaiming the universal love of God. He says, I truly understand that God shows no partiality. In other words, God doesn't play favorites. If you're Jewish or Gentile, rich or poor, male or female, slave or free, so on, God loves you. Christ has taken on flesh for you. Christ has died and been raised for you, no matter who you are, where you're from. The external markers we bear in this world have no influence in regards to God's love for you. And so it's a message for everyone. It's a message that's meant to go out into the world, a universal message of God's favor. This is the message that fills up churches around the world on Easter Sunday, or at least I hope it does. Because it's the message that says God loves you. God has defeated all that stands in his way. It is the triumph of light over darkness. It is the coming of new life, the hope of spring, the chance for a new beginning. It's the message of the gospel that we all need. God has made a way of salvation for all people in the world. But then, Peter makes a curious remark. As he tells Cornelius about the resurrection and the story of Christ being raised, he says, But God raised Jesus on the third day and allowed him to appear not to all people, but to those of us who were chosen by God as witnesses and who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead. And so notice there's a kind of a turnaround. Right? Peter begins by saying, This is a message of peace for everyone in the world. He says, Jesus Christ is Lord of all. Jesus is the Lord of all tribes, all tongues, all races. He's the Lord of male, female, rich and poor alike. Jesus reigns over them. It's a universal message. But, Peter says, the risen Christ only appeared to those whom God chose as witnesses. Christ did not appear to everyone in Jerusalem. St. Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians that Jesus appeared to around 500 people. So there were maybe about 100,000 people living in and around Jerusalem at that time. And so Jesus appeared to about half a percent 
of the population. Not a large number. Consider even all the thousands that the gospel tells us that Jesus came to through his ministry. All of those who were healed. All of those he fed. All of those who encountered Jesus in one way or another. Of all of those who said they believed in Jesus or who wanted to see Jesus, only a slim minority of them saw the risen Lord. And it's clear from the gospel accounts that the risen Christ was not obvious even to those who were close to Jesus. In the Gospel of John, for instance, Mary Magdalene does not even recognize him. The disciples did not recognize Jesus on the beach just after daybreak as they were fishing. The disciples on the road to Emmaus in Luke 24, they don't recognize Jesus either. And it seems to be that the risen Jesus is only recognized by faith. We see then how Peter's sermon goes from the universal to the particular. God's love is indeed for everyone. It's for the whole world. But the truth is there are only a few who will ever truly receive it in their lives. Only a handful will ever truly live in embracing the peace that comes from Christ. Because this peace is only known in our lives through faith. The risen Christ and the salvation that he brings to us are only received when we put our trust into him. This is what Peter says at the end of his sermon. Everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. Belief, as Peter uses it, is not just intellectual assent. It's not just saying, oh yeah, I know the story of Jesus. I believe in that stuff. I'm a Christian. That's not true belief. True belief is not being a member of a church. True belief is not showing up on Sunday mornings because you're supposed to. Rather, as St. Peter uses it, true belief is trust. True faith is to wish and receive the offered promise of the forgiveness of sins through what Jesus Christ has done for you. It is handing yourself over to Christ and saying, I trust you, Lord. I give my life to you. I cannot save myself. I am a sinner, so I give myself to you. That is trust. Faith is like a man who falls off a cliff and reaches out for a branch to hold on to to save him, and he knows that that branch is his only hope. Faith in Jesus Christ is knowing that there is no hope in life or in death except in Jesus Christ. On this Easter morning, then, the resurrection of the Lord is of no benefit to us unless we receive it with faith. He is not a benefit because without faith we cannot recognize him. Unless we have faith, unless we entrust ourselves to Christ, our sins are not forgiven. Again, St. Peter says to us that the forgiveness of sin comes to those who believe in the name of Christ. Faith is the obedience everyone must render unto the Lord. By faith, we make ourselves subject to Christ and we become the partakers of his grace and blessings. By faith, we share with Christ in his victory over sin, death, and the devil, and that is through faith. It's through trust, through receiving the gift. Those who had faith, Peter says, recognized Christ after he rose from the dead, and he ate and drank with them who came to recognize him by faith 
the chosen few who got to go witness the risen Christ by faith, had that faith strengthened when they ate with him. He is strengthening their faith by first, he was showing who he really was. And he was showing that he was really alive, right? That he ate with those who believed to show that he was not a ghost or a spirit. Rather, he had a body. He had truly been risen from the dead. And then he strengthens, strengthens them with his presence. He eats with them. He fellowships with them. He assures them that he was now and forever their friend. And he was now and forever going to grace them with his presence. And it was by faith that they received him as their risen Lord. So by the grace of God, you who are sitting here this morning are chosen to witness the risen Christ. The Holy Spirit has brought you into this church this very morning. And he has brought you here because he wants you to hear the message that Christ has died for you and that Christ is risen for you. You now have the opportunity to witness him. First, by hearing that good news proclaimed to you. And you're witnessing him through the message that when you have faith in him, your sins are forgiven and you are at peace with God. And in just a few moments, you'll have the opportunity to witness him as he joins you in the meal of the Holy Sacrament, of Holy Communion. Because Christ is risen from the grave. He shows himself to us at the sacrament. He becomes really present for us. And he assures us that he is not dead. He is alive. Today, then, is the day to receive the living Savior by faith. If you hear his word but do not have faith and do not receive it in trust, it does you no good. If you come to eat with him at the sacrament but you don't receive it in faith, it does you no good. No, the risen Christ has come to us to be received by faith. Amen.
Together, let us stand and confess our faith using the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten of Pray for the whole Church of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. Lord God, on this glorious day, fill your people with a holy fear at the resurrection of your Son, that we would tremble no longer before the grave, but rejoice and live in the truth of your power to save. Lord, in your mercy. Be with Daniel, our bishop and all our pastors, deacons, ministers, and teachers in your church. Keep them faithful to deliver your people the gospel of your son's death, burial, and resurrection. Lord, in your mercy. Let us hold fast to the word preached to us, that receiving it with joy, we may take our stand in it and be saved by it. Hinder all who would sow doubt into our hearts, and grant us courage to confess its truth in our life and conversation. Lord, in your mercy. Bless Joseph, our president, and Richard Michael, our governor, and all who make and administer our laws. Frustrate the forces of evil, and do not let our leaders cooperate with them or further their goals. Guard our armed forces as they stand watch for us at home and abroad. Let them serve with honor and integrity. Lord, in your mercy. Have mercy on the sick and those in any need especially Dick, Steve, Chuck, Nancy, Kelly, Becky, Ray, Marilyn, Jean, Mike, Rose, Tony, Carolyn, Monica, Steve, and Denny. Let the dawning light of the new creation in Christ sustain them in faith. In accordance with your will, grant them renewed health, a foretaste of their eternal healing in Christ. Lord, in your mercy. Give us joy in your son's great victory feast as he shares it with us from this altar. In the eating of his true body and the drinking of his precious blood in faith, overcome our sin by his forgiveness and swallow up our death in his life. 
that we may be glad and rejoice in his salvation. Lord, in your mercy. Comfort those who mourn with the truth of Christ's empty tomb, that in the midst of their grief they may abide in the hope of his resurrection. Uphold them in faith as they await the day when you will wipe away every tear from all faces. Lord, in your mercy. We join today in singing eternal alleluias with innumerable angels and festal gathering, with the assembly of the firstborn enrolled in heaven, and with the spirits of the righteous made perfect. And we bring these petitions before you, dear Father, trusting in your mercy. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. And now the peace of the Lord be with you always. And also with you. Holy God, gracious and merciful, you bring forth food from the earth and nourish your whole creation. Turn our hearts toward those who hunger in any way, that all may know your care, and prepare us now to feast on the bread of life, Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to our thanks and praise. It is indeed right, our duty and our joy, that we should at all times and in all places give thanks and praise to you, almighty and merciful Father, for the glorious resurrection of our Savior Jesus Christ, the true Paschal Lamb, 
who gave himself to take away our sin, who in dying has destroyed death, and in rising has brought us to eternal life. And so with Mary Magdalene and Peter, and all the witnesses of the resurrection, with earth and sea and all their creatures, and with angels and archangels, cherubim and seraphim, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Blessed are you, O God of the universe. Your mercy is everlasting, and your faithfulness endures from age to age. Praise to you for creating the heavens and the earth. Praise to you for saving the earth from the waters of the flood. Praise to you for bringing the Israelites safely through the sea. Praise to you for leading your people through the wilderness to the land of milk and honey. Praise to you for the words and deeds of Jesus, your anointed one. Praise to you for the death and resurrection of Christ. Praise to you for your spirit poured out on all nations. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread and gave thanks, broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. Again after supper he took the cup, gave thanks and gave it for all to drink saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people, for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. With this bread and cup, we remember our Lord's Passover from death to life, as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. O God of resurrection and new life, pour out your Holy Spirit on us and on these gifts of bread and wine. Bless this feast and grace our table with your presence. Reveal yourself to us in the breaking of the bread. Raise us up as the body of Christ for the world. Breathe new life into us. Send us forth, burning with justice, peace, and love. With your holy ones of all times and places, with the earth and all its creatures, with sun and moon and stars, we praise you, O God, blessed and holy trinity, now and forever. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Thanks be to God.
invite you to stand. Let us pray. We give you thanks, Almighty God, that you have refreshed us through the healing power of this gift of life. In your mercy, strengthen us through this gift in faith toward you and in fervent love toward one another. For the sake of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. bless you and keep you. The Lord's face shine on you with grace and mercy. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen.
in peace. Serve the Lord.